Welcome to the early days of micromobility. Uh, I am very, very happy to have you on the podcast. I have been following Go Sharing since uh, the very start, uh, and I am very impressed by how big you became uh, in such a amount of time and how you were able to really differentiate and provide different modes of transport. So it's an honor to have you on this mobility podcast. Thank you very much and welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. Really great to be here. All right. Um, so yeah, like any other uh, founder uh, that I have on the podcast, I always want to know, you know, your background, uh, why you entered this crazy industry, because it is a bit crazy and it's uh, a lot of work. Uh, I remember the first time we had a talk, you said that you hadn't had a, a holiday <laughs> for a long time. So uh, it's really a lot of work. So please, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you entered and why you entered this industry? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Raymond Powell's 28 years old, so still uh, very young. Um, started go sharing three years ago together with Donny van der Oever and Duke Boesma. Um, and it, it all started 10 years ago when I finished my uh, commercial economics. Uh, my parents uh, opened up a shop with electric bikes, electric mopeds, uh, some small kick scooters, but that was more uh, for the camper. It, it wasn't back then. Uh, as we know it nowadays with big sharing companies. It was yeah. just for private use. And I was always uh, uh, yeah, interested in, in electric mobility. Uh, I really think already back then that it is the future. So they, they got multiple uh, brands in the, in the showroom. And one of them asked uh, us if we wanted to join uh, a commercial training and a, a workshop training. And I said, uh, I want to join. Uh, why not? Let, let's see how it works and maybe it can help a little bit. Um, and I think I still had two months uh, of school. Uh, I did a training and they offered me a job if I wanted to start uh, uh, to do the Benelux for Emco. It's an electric uh, moped brand in Germany. I first said no, because uh, in my mind, I wanted to go to Kuala Lumpur for a different job. Oh, wow. uh, of course, my, my parents had a different opinion when I was 18 years old. Um, so I started at Emco. Uh, that's where it all started. First of all, I could start doing the, the founding, uh, finding the, the dealerships in the Netherlands. So like, like traditional showrooms, uh, car, car showrooms, uh, bike stores. Um, it was really interesting to learn. Um, and after four years, we had more and more opportunities in sharing. So for example, first customer was Emmy. Then it was Emio, and now it's a go to global. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they made the first order for, for sharing vehicles. And it was interesting to see back then when there was uh, almost non moped sharing yeah. that three students had a great idea and they just went for it. Um, and um, at that moment, I, I was more on the export project, so more, more and more sharing less just on the Benelux. And I had the opportunity to, to learn from all these entrepreneurs and for example, I worked together with Jago, with uh, Emmy, with Europcar, with Stella, great companies, all doing on a different style uh, yeah. uh, sharing solution. And, and back then we said, why not doing it ourselves? Um, so that, that was three, three and a half years ago. And um, we were looking how to do it, uh, how should we do it? And we said, okay, if, if we are going to do this, we need to do it big. So like American style. Make sure we get skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for us, it's really the beginning, but uh, at least we got really the skill in. And uh, at that moment, we, we looked a lot into kick scooters, but back then they were like picked up every night. Um, the lifetime of the vehicles wasn't long. So we said, okay, we really want to make a sustainable offering of shared mobility, not only by offering electric vehicles, but also making sure that the whole footprint of the offering is truly green. So we said we want to have mopeds because with the mopeds, we can have a, a lifetime of five years, which is totally different than, than for example, the kick scooters. And we also do the operations 100% electric. We do it with uh, green energy. So we really try to make every step in the process greener and making sure we really make some impact. Okay, that, that's quite interesting because back then um, there was a scooter craze. Uh, scooter companies were 
big, you know, everybody was getting a lot of funding. So it's quite interesting that you looked at the industry, the sharing industry, and instead of like, you know, doing the scooters like everybody else was doing, uh, you actually looked at the sustainability of the actual business and you decided to go with uh, mopeds. Uh, but I guess, you know, one of the reasons why you started with mopeds is also because of your background and, you know, your experience, I guess. Um, but so when you start a sharing business, you need to have obviously the hardware, but also the software. And as we all know, in mobility, the, if you want to enter this industry fast, <laughs> because you need to enter fast, right? Yeah. Uh, we all start with white label. Um, and then over time, obviously, you develop your own. Uh, so how did you start uh, in terms of the software? Well, not only the software, but I think in, in, in you have so many different uh, like software, hardware, financing. IoT. You have so many separate uh, 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 stuff you need to fix. So we said, okay, we can do a couple of things ourselves in making sure we can scale. And for others, we need just great partners that are helping us. So for service, we are working closely together with our service provider, GreenMo, who is doing full operational lease. So we don't need to oh, wow. get a lot of money because we don't need to buy all the vehicles. We just do full operational lease, making sure we have a really good SLA. Um, for financing in the early days, eh? oh, a good one for this <laughs> podcast, but in the early days, um, we'll <laughs> we, we found Rabel Bank as a Rabel corporate uh, investments uh, to be willing to invest in the company to also help in financing in the beginning. And wow. we had software, indeed, a white label app of Go Urban. Uh, it's still a Go, but nothing to do with Go <laughs> sharing. Who is really experienced on, on building the white label app and scaling together with us. And um, we uh, really made a decision in the beginning to not do everything ourselves because yeah. we wanted to do uh, the scaling fast, making sure we get um, the scale uh, uh, profitability in and then yeah. to do things in-house when we really know exactly what we want to do. And that's right now what we're doing more and more. So, of course, now with around 15,000 vehicles on the street, um, yeah. which is maybe not much if you look at the kick scooter numbers. But, for example, if you look at the mopeds, we're the biggest operator in the world. Um, so the numbers are getting uh, more interesting. Now we're taking more and more in-house to, to take over control. Yeah. Um, I have a, a question regarding the financing. How were you able to convince Rabobank uh, to go behind uh, a startup? Because, you know, banks traditionally, even though Rabobank, I think they have like an investment arm uh, that finances like, you know, innovative uh, startups. But I think for a bank, when they look at mobility companies, I guess, uh, they see that there's a lot of competition. So they might be a bit, uh, you know, holding back. But how are you able to convince them? Because I think for all other entrepreneurs, uh, this is financing is something that's uh, significant for your business, right? Otherwise, there's no way to sustain it. So please uh, tell us how you were able to do that together with your with your team and co-founders. Yeah, so I think what, what helped a lot, of course, I had relevant experience, but also the, both co-founders are experienced for over 25 years. Um, whereof I think both of them have over 10 to 15 years in electric mobility. So we always wow. make the joke that, that our management team has more experience than the average Tesla uh, 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 management, uh, management team, which is, of course, uh, totally different. But uh, the team is very experienced. Um, and we really focused on how to make sure we make a difference. So we didn't invest anything in marketing or anything else. It was not focusing on uh, us on the scale. I think this is something that the investors liked a lot. Uh, you see a lot of scale-ups or startups getting a lot of money, but also spending way over budget because yeah. it's just getting in too easily. And then after all, when the numbers are not there or maybe COVID came in or anything else, then you directly have an issue. So I think yeah. uh, we always say uh, what you don't spend, you don't have to earn which is for us really important. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing that I think is really important is um, uh, yeah, uh, environment friendly, making sure you're really making a difference. Uh, there's a lot possible if you really can show that it's environment friendly. Um, and and how can really... you show that, for example? Sorry? So, uh, how can you show it that it's environmentally friendly uh, at the beginning before you actually have, you know, real things to show, you know, I guess you only had like a business plan. And of, of course, your co-founders who had the experience. 
Yeah, so we looked at the competitors, what they did in operations, lifetime of the vehicles, and how they, how they made sure to operate. And we made our plan, which was totally different. And, and yeah. the, the interesting part also when we started, after one week, we could, we could throw away the business plan because it was, again, totally different. Um, but it was, of course, interesting to see that we really wanted to make a difference. So not only focusing on short-term decisions, but uh, thinking more on a long-term uh, uh, path. For example, now we we're, we're, we're have a clear vision that in two and a half years, we want to have 100,000 electric vehicles. Uh, on the streets. So the decisions we're making is not sometimes the easiest for short term, which I think too many companies are making short term decisions just, just to keep investors happy or, or uh, short term uh, celebrations. We really uh, take the difficult decisions because we so strongly believe that we need a lot of skill. We need to making sure that in every city there is a go sharing vehicle ready for you. Um, and, and yeah, I think that's that's something that they appreciate. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's working out pretty well. So I think they made the right decision, right? Uh, and how did you um, come across your, your co-founders? Because, you know, as you mentioned, they have a lot of experience, a lot of years in the industry, uh, and you were just uh, starting out, uh, even though you also had a lot of experience in the industry, right? Uh, by, you know, um, working in Germany. How did you meet each other? Because uh, you're a great team, uh, seeing the results and seeing how big the, the company is right now. Uh, the, it's a great team. So, yeah, no, for sure. So, Donny and Duke, they already worked together for, I think, over over ten years. Uh, they mm -hmm. both had a B two C product, uh, electric mopeds, where Donny had a B two C brand that was really focused on uh, quality of the inside, so controller, uh, engine, uh, battery, and Duke had his own B two C brand, which was really the best design. Wanted to build everything themselves, but in the end. They, they, they have seen that together they could do much more. So they wanted to help each other in making sure they could get further. So they started uh, the Grimo business then in, in growing fast. And there were not many people uh, with electric mopeds in the market that were active for so many years. So every event, um, Donnie and Duke were there and I was there. So every year we... We, we, we talked and of course I was more and more interested about sharing and they were just focusing on delivery. And then we said, okay, why not starting it together? Um, so uh, that's, that's how we meet. Okay. And when you decided to launch the, the, the company, um, what were the steps, the processes? Because uh, for example, the, the branding, uh, Go Sharing has a very good brand guidelines, the green scooters. I am from Belgium and when I'm in Antwerp, uh, I can spot a, a, a go-sharing uh, moped from far away because of the, the, the great branding, right? Uh, yeah. These are things that differentiate you from others, right? Uh, how are you able to... What, what, what was the process that went into creating such a brand uh, at the very start already? Yeah, so for the brand, we really wanted to, to keep it simple. Uh, but we've, at least in our opinion, we said density and reliability are most important for shared mobility. So yeah. why is still almost everyone keeping their own car? Because they cannot rely on shared mobility that there's always one nearby. So how can you make sure that the reliability or the density is more than it in fact is? And then we, we said the color is one of the most important points because if you have a bright green vehicle, which the, the funny part is in Rotterdam, the containers have the same colors. <laughs> um, people recognize them and they are like exactly. everywhere there's a vehicle, like everywhere. Yeah. Well, in fact, we have the same amount of numbers as the competitors if there is a permit. But everyone is thinking that there is more go sharing. And we, we try to find more and more small points where we could make a difference. And I think the green color that we now even have on our electric Mini Coopers, yeah. that, that's just amazing. Last week I was uh, on, the, on the road with the electric Mini Cooper. And everyone on the highway is just stopping and and and, 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 and saying hi, and they love the color. Yeah, it looks good. Um, so when you started the business, right? Uh, which city did you first decide on uh, and launching first? Because um, I guess that also might make a difference early on because uh, you're starting out, you're learning a lot of things. Uh, you, I mean, we're always learning, right? There's, I mean, there's always new things, and every city is different because the different culture, different mobility issues. 
So how did you uh, choose the city to launch in and why uh, did you choose that city? What were the criteria? Yeah, yeah, really good question. So we, we thought it was strange that everyone was just starting in the big cities like Berlin, Barcelona, Barcelona. Uh, Rome, Paris, Amsterdam. And we said, of course, if, if you put it in an Excel and you would see the density of, of, of people living there, of course, you will get to, for example, Amsterdam, but there are also 20 operators. You have yeah. perfect public transport. You can call an Uber, which is there within two minutes. So we said, why shouldn't we focus also on smaller cities where you cannot call an Uber? The public transport is not that good, sometimes even not available during the night. Um, not many operators can uh, operate there because the costs are too high. And you really need to have a cost-effective operations, making sure you can operate there. So we said we want also to go to the smaller cities. So we started in Eindhoven, which is for the Netherlands still a large city. But if you put it uh, 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 to other countries, it's, it's quite small. So around 200,000 people uh, are living there. And we said we are going to do Eindhoven, but we're going to focus on a full region. So right now we're not in Eindhoven and I can call five, six or seven cities around that you never heard of, but we're also active yeah. because people really appreciate it that not only in the city center where the, where the, where the space is very limited, but also the uh, spaces around that you have electric mopeds, because then you can really uh, uh, make a change that people don't take their cars but just using a moped for a full ride, because why should you take a car if you live a village next to it to take a car to the city center and then take a moped? That's, that's not convenient. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I, I asked this question because, you know, I, I did research uh, about go sharing, right? And from my impression, uh, it seemed as if you started with smaller cities uh, and you became well known there and you started to, to surround the bigger cities where the competitors are operating and when you launch in those bigger cities, obviously everybody around it already knows about um, go sharing, right? So then it's easier to already have loyalty because you know people already know the branding, they see this, the green the green color. Uh, because when I was looking at go sharing, I saw that they were coming up in smaller cities, and all of a sudden they were everywhere. <laughs> it's like I missed something in between because you, you, all of a sudden you were in so many so many cities, right? Um, when uh, did you decide to add a different mode of transport? Um, so you started with mopeds, uh, but at certain points you went into e-bikes, um, car sharing, um, e-scooters as well. Now, what's the decision that made you say, okay, uh, maybe with only e-mopeds, we are not serving um, the, the overall needs of mobility of everyone, we want to really have a real impact, right? So we yeah. need to provide different modes of transport. When was that point? At, at what time was, was, was the point where you first saw that you need to add an extra um, mode of transport? Because I think that is also quite important because I think that is a key uh, moment where startups realize that, okay, what we are doing is, is not enough to have the overall impact, but you need to have a sustainable business first to be able to add an extra mode of transport, right? Because if we have a lot of cash burns with, you know, uh, scooters, for example, it's not that easy to add another mode of transport, I think. So. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's of course difficult because there's so much to win with just the mopeds. Why yeah. making it so hard with different modalities? And uh, so we don't have e-scooters yet. It's also forbidden in the Netherlands. Also in the other countries, we don't offer it yet. But I strongly believe in multimodality already from the beginning, but we were so rapidly growing with Moped. So what you yeah. just mentioned, hey, you didn't miss anything, but we just launched 30 cities in, uh, in, in six months. <laughs> so it also went rapidly. <laughs> it was like a blitzkrieg. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so it also went fast. Um, yeah, we, we, we got more in touch with municipalities. We, we heard more feedback from customers and they really liked the service. But one of the biggest complaints of the users is I have so many apps on my phone. Yeah? I have one for the cars, I have one for the bike, one for the moped. Why, why isn't there one that is offering all? And mostly what we have seen with the mass apps is that it's still not there. It's, yeah, the it's not fully working. Yeah. Not everything is in. You don't get like additionals like subscriptions or memberships or business accounts. So you cannot 
offer fully what customers want. And the municipality said, yeah, it's great what you're offering. And, and we want shared mobility, but how much of your rentals are, are now taking away an, an e-bike or maybe uh, the distance you're normally walking? And what we have seen is that, of, sco- of course, with kick scooters is way higher. It, it, that's yeah. even, even more. But what we have seen is if we add e-bikes with a smaller business area, so the short distance should always be the cheapest and the best with an e-bike, then we can offer way higher density, which in the end the customers want because you're only going to open the app where there's always a vehicle available in three minutes. Then with adding the e-bikes, we are making sure that we are getting people active on our vehicles it's way cheaper to go around on a daily base and for uh, companies it's more interesting so e-bikes done we had to do we're now deploying thousands of e-bikes so they're going to be just as recognized as as the uh, as the mopeds i mean the cars that's a difficult one i mean the business is so different the, the car business and even i mean there's so many aspects of it right um, how did you even begin with it? I, I have no clue. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> yeah, so first of all, I, I was trying to understand, like, why do we have car sharing? It, it, for me, it just doesn't make sense. We're in a city center, for example, Amsterdam. There are seven operators of car sharing, all doing the sharing that we could much better do on bikes and mopeds. Because... If you buy one car, it's 30,000 euro. If you buy a moped, it's 2,000 euro. So you can have way more mopeds on a smaller space area. So in the city center, it for me, at least with small cities we're having, it doesn't make sense to have car sharing because you can do it better with light electric vehicles. But of course, we want to make the difference where I strongly believe that we're making the difference between ownership and shared mobility. And there the point is, of course, in the city, moped, bikes, maybe scooters, perfect, you can use it. But what if I go to the next city? And therefore, I think the cars are really interesting. So we said we need two really good partners again. And we found them. So we, we needed a really good uh, uh, car supplier. So we found Doublestein, BMW Mini, that was willing to supply cars, electric Mini Coopers like the coolest. Yeah. Uh, and we made a partnership with Q-Park. Q-Park is the biggest uh, uh, garage uh, uh, provider in the, in the Netherlands. And yeah. we said, why not changing your, your garage to a mobility hub? Oh, wow. So we now have spots throughout the Netherlands uh, where we have charging stations and everything. So you can use your bike or moped anywhere you want in the city, go either to public transport or to the car, then you're taking the car because we're guaranteeing the availability of the car and go to the next city. And, oh, wow. and then you're really replacing your ownership of a vehicle to shared mobility whenever you want. So it was like the missing piece in our offering. Yeah, that, that's quite interesting because I hadn't even thought about the, the parking uh, aspect of it because you need to have dedicated parking spots, right? Yeah. Um, so th- does that limit where the car can, can go in, in certain areas? Uh, th- they cannot park a- a- anywhere or they ha- have to always park at the Q-Park uh, spot? Yeah, so you can park anywhere where you want, but okay. to end the rental, it has to be in any of the Q-Park locations we're actively using. So it, it can be that you go to the ocean for a day or you add to the beach. It can yeah. go, be that you're going to, to a meeting, but it can also be uh, so many different options to use the car. And we see this more and more happening just because everyone is used to having a car themselves or maybe from the company. But as we're, it, it now looks like, at least in the Netherlands, people are not going to go back to the office five days. Yeah, so having true. a nice car in front of the house is nice, but if it costs 600 euro a month, and only using it two days a week, yeah. then it's, it's more interesting to use shared mobility always in your city. And when you need to go to another city, use a brand new electric Mini Cooper and just pay they per minute. Really good. <laughs> and uh, in terms of um, the, um, the rental, the subscription, is there a difference between the, the car sharing and, and the you know, smaller vehicles like the mopeds and bikes? For example, I assume if I would rent a car, uh, maybe it would be for longer time, right? Maybe for like a half a day or like maybe even a day if I want to go to the beach. Um, do, so do you have like a different uh, rental subscriptions or, you know, 
pay-as-you-go uh, type of um, options for, for the different modes, or is it all the same? Yeah, so the pricing is, of course, different. Um, what, what we did for the cars, we made a, a small unlock fee just in making sure that people are not going to use it in the city because that's not why we offering yeah. it uh, and make it cheaper on a minute price. Um, okay. So we're now seeing that a lot of people are using it around an hour. So the thing that we, that we, that our idea is, is that people are not using it for a day because if you use it a day, mostly you need one hour to go and one hour to go back. So exactly. if we can ensure that there's always a vehicle fully charged and ready for you, you will only take it, an hour to go to work and in the end of the day, an hour back to get home. So you don't yeah. need it the whole day. And that's the complete system. You're only paying for the amount of time you need the vehicle. Um, so I think that that's, that's a really good uh, difference. And the thing we're now going to test, so that's, that's, that's still not um, officially uh, online, but. Oh, wow. Uh, so we are having the scoop. <laughs> you, you are hearing this for the first time. Yes. We're going to do a test. It's unlimited driving for e-bike, moped and a car, 24 hours for 50 euro. So with this offering, you can use shared mobility 24 hours, unlimited, like as much as you want. For just 50 euro, well, Whoa. if I now go to, to one of the normal rental companies and, and rent a car, I will, I will pay more just for the car. Whoa. For 50 euros, you can use it unlimited uh, bike, moped and car? Bike, moped, car, 24 hours, including charging, including everything. Everything is included. That's amazing. Uh, wow. And you know what is uh, quite... Uh, what makes uh, companies that are multimodal like GoSharing and, and, and Tier and so on very interesting and also that gives them like a competitive edge over their, their uh, com uh, competition is the data that you have on the users just because you offer different modes of transport, right? Um, you know, you have an overview, I guess, of the type of users that use the bikes, you know, their age, um, you know, where they go, the, 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 the distances that they make. And I think that gives you a uh, competitive edge to make decisions or to even uh, look at where to invest in, in terms of like expansion, maybe. Uh, I saw that you acquired uh, an Italian uh, operator. Uh, I wanted to also go into that as well for, uh, after, but can you please um, explain a little bit more about how the the data that you have on the users, just the fact that you offer different modes of transport, how that gives you a competitive uh, edge, if it gives you a competitive edge, and maybe. Yeah, I think there there is, uh, of course, you can improve a lot with data. Every decision we make is data-driven, even marketing, operations, customer support, everything we do is data-driven. We have now over a million customers using our, our platform. so. If you have a million customers using the service on a daily basis, you get so much information that, of course, we can use. And I think most interesting is that if you offer all, all transport modes, you also get more uh, um, uh, customers that are returning yeah, because yeah. they can use it on a daily basis. And the interesting part is if you, if you imagine that uh, getting someone in for a car subscription costs you 20 euro, but for just using a bike once a euro, customer acquisition cost, yeah. then the cross-selling and the upselling inside the app is, of course, way easier than to have it externally. So it's so much easier to keep people active in your, your system and making sure you know what to offer them. Um, yeah, th th that's the addiction. Data is, is quite important in terms of um, being ahead of the competition because I guess data tells you where the... Um, the future is going right i mean it's it's in a way it shows you the future i think uh, at least i believe uh now you have quite um an interesting stra strategy in terms of uh, expansion um i always wondered why uh, i even wrote my opinion and um and inside.com uh, reg regarding uh, this i always wondered why a lot of mobility companies raise so much money but they use the money more to you know expands using internally or, you know, uh, on their hardware or whatever, but why not acquire operators who are already, you know, have the local knowledge somewhere who, who already, you know, um, have like a brand there 
it seems so much more efficient um, and yeah, better maybe than going there yourself uh, and try to compete with them. That's why I, I, I was, I really applaud uh, Thiers and their strategy by buying next bike because I mean, that's amazing. And now buying spin, it's that for me, I think that is a sustainable strategy of growth. And yeah, uh, unbelievable. The, the, yeah. And it, I mean, the, the team at Thiers are doing an amazing thing as well. Uh, but GoSharing uh, has also been doing this, right? Uh, you recently acquired an Italian operator. Yeah. Can you please explain uh, the process that went into making that decision? Uh, I would like to see the behind the scene and you know what you thought about with your team and why, uh, because those are the things you don't get to see, right? We only see the press release, <laughs> but that's not that's not the cool thing, right? You want to see the, the behind the scene. That's that's what really matters. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So I I always like if you have a local team that it's really entrepreneurs because you need like real entrepreneurs running it as their own business. So every country we have, their local entrepreneurs. So for example, Belgium, we took over the team of uh, Scooty, a local operator. Um, if you look at Germany, we took over, it was a small M&A, we took over Tribe Sharing, which was a small operator, but really uh, doing well in his business. He just didn't have the skill. So we said, if we take you over, we can we can give you the skill and making sure that a real entrepreneur can also use his knowledge and not doing everything himself. Um, so every country really have entrepreneurs and there are always three ways to start a new country. You can either partner with uh, a different company, but I always think it's hard in sharing because if you partner, you don't know it's if the strategy will yeah. be the same. Exactly. I always say, if you do something, you need to be both in the boat because you cannot be half in it. You <laughs> no. really need to, yeah. to, to, to go in. Exactly. Um, then you can build it yourself, but building it yourself mostly costs time. And, and cash. It's, yeah. yeah, it costs time, it costs cash, and it's really hard to understand the, 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 the local market, which exactly. already, for example, when we, when we started in Belgium, it was it's so different. different than the Netherlands. Yeah. Belgium is quite, uh, it's, it's a tough market. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like nothing is the same. I was so surprised that it was so differently. Um, so, so we learned that you really need local expertise and you need, ex you need experience in the team. Um, so when people wanted to start in, in uh, Turkey, our supplier called and, and they mm -hmm. said, hey, they want to start, but they, they can't yet find the investment. We said, we're going to do it. We give them the vehicles. That's how we started in Istanbul. Like, why not doing Istanbul? We need to make shared mobility available for everyone. This is our this is this is our challenge. Let's do it in Istanbul. Sixty million people. That, that yeah, that's a chance. Big market. Yeah. Um, and then then of course Italy. So yeah. So. No. Uh, yeah. I was wondering when you. Uh, no, maybe please continue with Italy. Then I will ask the question after. <laughs> I'm too excited. That's why. <laughs> no, really good. So so Italy. Um, when we ordered the first mopeds with a supplier, we, we called the supplier and said, who else is using these vehicles? And then they said, oh, there are two guys in Italy, they're using it and, and they're great guys. So we gave them a call and that were Emmanuel and Diego, the, the, the co-founders of ZigZag, uh, both did the MBA in Madrid, really clever guys, knowing really good uh, about the product, about the software, about the hardware. Um, and, and we just had open discussion with them and they were totally open. They never said you're a competitor. They just helped. They said, if you want any feedback, let us know. Um, and we kept in touch. And, um, two years later, we were having, let's say 10,000 vehicles and they were just still on 500 vehicles. So still two really good entrepreneurs that were able to still, yes, they're one of the oldest sharing operators in Italy, active in Rome, Milan, Turin, Rome, like great cities, but didn't have the skill to go to 5,000, 8,000, 10,000 that you need in Italy because the market is huge. Only yeah. in Rome, you could put 4,000 vehicles and, and, and you would have a great city. So there we said the same. We want to give you the skill uh, we want to help in making sure we can we can at least scale five to ten cities in the upcoming months. Let's do it together. And um, yeah, quite soon after we said, okay, let's do it. Let let's make sure we can start and, and get also the scaling there. 
Wow, that's that's really nice because you know those are those entrepreneurs have been doing it with passion. Uh, you can tell, right? Because they have been even though they weren't able to raise the funding, but they still, uh, you know, sustainable kept continuing. So you can see that they were doing it with passion, and you can see that they really care about it, right? I think yeah. those are great people to partner with or to acquire, and I think that's a very very great thing that you. Uh, as a company are doing uh, right uh, because you take care of uh, these people who are passionate but it's also a great business move right because they yeah. know the, the local business right so that's that's a genius move actually yeah um, we're really doing then also MA for the local management teams because that's something you cannot otherwise yeah. start yourself that's really hard to find the right people and really the performance in a country is is really depending on 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 the good country managers the good local people and yeah. um yeah, when we had the discussions, I, I was so impressed. They had even a lower budget than we had in the beginning, and they built own software, own hardware, oh, own IoT units, amazing. everything themselves. And I was just impressed by that little amount of, of budget they have, what, what they got out of it. So we just had to help them a little bit in getting the skill, but I'm sure that Italy will go, going to be one of our biggest markets in the, in the future. That's amazing. I was wondering when you actually acquired Scooty, uh, because I didn't read it about about it in the press. I guess it's a, f a year, a few. I mean, a few years ago, maybe, or was it, was it recent? Because no, so tribe sharing, we really acquired, um, and in in Belgium, they stopped with Scooty, and uh, okay. Scooty was a customer of mine. I mean, I've sold them the vehicles. I, I knew oh, them really well. So I said, <laughs> guys, you cannot stop. It's 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 a pity. I mean. Antwerp, Brussels, great cities. We want yeah. to start there. So we didn't took over any of the vehicles or anything. We just said to the people, like, come here and we will do it again. But then we're going to do it differently. And so uh, that's how we started in Antwerp. And after after a couple of months, also Brussels. Wow, that's that's amazing. Uh, that's amazing. If you ever want to do a bike share, uh, Smooth City is uh, <laughs> active in West Flanders. Uh, so <laughs> um, we will see in the future anyways. <laughs> that's really great. Now, I've seen the socials and I mean, it's, it's great to see. So next time um, I will be in Belgium, I will test them for sure. Uh, I mean, you will get a promo code. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have a great green branding as well, right? It's uh, amazing. Um, but so I really love the strategy of uh, go sharing, right? It's I mean, I can tell that the way you do business, how you do it, it's sustainable all over the line, right? Uh, the way you just explains how you even looked at the business at the beginning by looking at the current, you know, scooter sharing and whatever. And the way you even, you know, you don't acquire the mopeds, you, you look for partners, you know, leasing partners. That is a sustainable way of doing business, right? And, and the way you expand to other countries is also very... Um, very sustainable so that's that's great and i think that's something that is for the long term right <laughs> uh, thank like, you like thank you, you yeah. mentioned I, I i think that is the, the way to survive and to to thrive um you know for the long term so when you look at the way the market is going right there's a lot of funding coming into the the industry i mean i think every two or three weeks um another Scooter company uh, raises, I don't know, 100 million or something. And it's, it's really crazy. Um, and GoSharing also raised around 60 or 70 million uh, a year ago, right? Um, can, can you please um, maybe um, explain a bit the process that goes into raising such a big amount? And that was, I think, during COVID times. Uh, so that must have been tough. I guess... To raise that amount during COVID times, you probably had the numbers to to back up uh, what you wanted to prove, right? Uh, I yeah. mean, that is what I'm, uh, what I think. But please explain, uh, elaborate for for us because uh, that's a cool thing to know as well. Yeah, for sure. So COVID was was I mean difficult for 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 everyone um, on the long term. It's really going to help shared mobility as people are now more open. To use shared yep. mobility, seeing it as a real difference to their own car. But of course, if, if everyone works at home, that there, then there is also no need for for mobility. Exactly, so it was a really difficult time, and and I still know the decision that we made together with the shareholders that we we wanted to order a lot of mopeds, and we said, are we going to do it or are we going to wait? And together, we really said we are convinced that this is going to work. So we ordered all the mopeds, 
And I think this really helped us now because we scaled so rapidly. While yes. most uh, companies were like uh, waiting, uh, um, waiting yeah. like afraid mm -hmm. of what's going to happen. And we, we kept going and, and kept going. And it was quite difficult, of course, because the revenue was lacking and you were just going and going. So there was, there was um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't easy. Um, and when we started around, we said, our teams are not that big and we don't have the biggest team as you're seeing with some op other operators because we want to keep it lean and mean. We don't want to have too much cost. So we just have a small team. So we said- How many, how many people do you have actually? I think it's under hundreds, no? Or... Yeah, so in the HQ around 80 to 90, um, we have some, some, uh, we have a lot of operations. So in total, we have around 300 people, but let's say 150 of them are like flexible operational workers uh, that we all hire ourselves. So we don't do anything with external uh, people. Um, but it's, it's still a small team. If you look at the numbers that we're having yeah. on the streets. Uh, and when we did the financial round, I still know the discussion with Duke. We said, <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, we don't have time to do this round. So we made the, the deal. We're only going to do it in the evening. Oh. So we did the full deal and all the discussions during the evening. Uh, so that was, that was a new experience. I, I wouldn't do it again, but it was, it was at that time uh, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, of course, first of all, you're, you're, you're making, uh, making the plan, uh, showing the, the insights and, and seeing if there's any interest from the market. And we were quite surprised how much interest there was from the market. But we didn't just want it to go for the highest offer or, or, or anything. We really wanted to have an investor that is working with us, making sure we, we had really uh, an experienced team that could help us to the next level. So we yeah. made some, some points that we said, okay, our investor needs to help us with expansion, new countries, uh, growing, making sure we have experienced people uh, that, that can help us on that. So. There were a lot of offers, but we were really looking for, for the one that could help us. And that's also the decision we made in the end with Opportunity Partners, which is yeah. not just investing, but we're there every week because they're really helping us to get to the next stage. And I think this is, yeah, this is quite unique. Yeah. And I think it's quite uh, important as well, right? Because uh, you need partners, right? Uh, not just people who give you the money, but people who can partner with you for the future and help out whenever it's possible, because it's a long-term relationship in a way, right? Uh, that is, that has the same interest for, for both parties, right? So, and how long yeah. does it take? Um, what the, the whole process of raising the funds, how, how long does it take? Is it three months, six months? Um, yeah, yeah, because you, that's a big amount. So I don't know before it hits the bank account, <laughs> how long that takes. Because sometimes, you know, uh, as a mobility startup, cash can be, um, you know, uh, in high demand. So you need to be Always. able to plan, <laughs> to plan it uh, beforehand, right? Because a lot of things can happen in the meantime. Yeah, mostly I think it will even take, with all the preparation, six to nine months. It's really a, a hard work. Uh, with a small team. So if, if the team is a lot bigger, I think you can do it uh, faster. But we, we said from the beginning, we want to do it quick because every minute we spend on the, on the round, we're not spending on our business, which yep. is highly uh, growing, has a lot of, of challenges. So we did it, I think, in the end, in four to five months, uh, doing the, the, the preparation, the round. And I think it took another one to two months before everything was signed and, 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 and continued. But uh, it, it went quite fast. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a uh, pretty fast when I look at, um, the things that I've read online. So, um, you raised, um, around 60 or 70 million, uh, almost a year ago, right. Or almost a year ago, I think, uh, in April or something. Yeah. 50 last April and a 10 million a year before. Oh, wow. Um, congratulations. Uh, obviously, uh, you use the money very well, uh, looking at, <laughs> all these uh, mopeds all over all over Belgium and, and other countries and, and the car sharing. Uh, do you have any other plans of um, another funding race um, in the near future? Because when I look at the other mobility startups, uh, it seems as if they are raising every four months, actually, <laughs> which is not the case for for the you know for like uh, go sharing course because yeah. um, the business is more sustainable and it's different. I think right. Uh, but do you have any? Um, planning of a new funding round and the near future? Yeah, for sure. So the plans are always there. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad that we don't have to do it every six months or eight months like most companies. So we're really strict on, on the spending we're doing in making sure we we don't need that much funding because otherwise you're diluting, diluting, and, and you, you want to to still be at your business. So, uh, of course, there, there's plans to, to get another fund round and making sure we can scale even faster um, as also the market is getting more mature. Um, yep. uh, of course, this, this is needed. So uh, plans for sure, um, but <laughs> only to really focus on, yeah, on, on the business. So I think public affairs is more and more important. Software is really important. Operations is important, but I also like new projects. So for example, we do a lot, a lot of uh, test small scale big. So charging solutions, uh, operation solutions, software solutions. We really like to test with a really small budget. And if it works, we scale it all over. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great thing. I actually have two questions regarding this. Um, one question is, um, might be a bit uh, controversial. It's about Spark. Uh, I'm sure you heard about uh, SPACs. I think never heard mobi- of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think some mobility companies uh, in Europe are preparing to do a SPAC, um, and the and the future, or in the, even in the near future, um, is that something that go sharing sees in the future of of, of doing like a SPAC, and uh, in the future, I mean like in the near like two three years, for example. Or that's not even, you know, that's not even on your thoughts or is that like an aspiration that that's you yeah. and your team have? Yeah, so I've seen many companies doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this, the stock market is, is quite hard at the time uh, because of all the uncertainties. So mm-hmm. at least for the upcoming time, it, it, it won't, won't make sense to do anything on the stock market. Uh, so we would rather do it ourselves uh, just with a new round. Um, yeah. uh, so... I think in the near future, it wouldn't be uh, interesting to do. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't think you, if you can raise uh, equity and so on still, uh, why, why do a spark, right? Or I guess yeah. another question that I had is you mentioned about test small and then go big, uh, for example, with the, cha- with the charging um, infrastructure. When I look at Thiers, for example, uh, I think a year or two ago, they acquired um, this um, battery or charging hub um, company. And I think uh, they are maybe also working towards having their own charging um, infrastructure. Is that, uh, I mean, does GoSharing also think about like side uh, projects, like, you know, um, building out their own uh, charging infrastructure, uh, for example, or do you have any other side project that you are working on or think that makes sense for your business to make it even more sustainable? Yeah, no, for sure. So it, it will be broader and broader. It will be bigger than it is now if you look at shared mobility. Um, so the, one of the biggest costs is right now operations, swapping a battery. Correct. Correct. How stupid it is. Why should I send someone on the streets to swap a battery? Why yeah. shouldn't I give a, a euro or two discount to a consumer <laughs> and let them doing it, making sure the vehicle is repositioned perfectly on the spot and also uh, uh, fully charged again. So infrastructure will have a big uh, change for mobility, but I do think that there is a shared responsibility together with the municipality. I mean, you need to work together, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. If a city is not giving any space to shared mobility, then for sure there will be complaints because if you don't give it any space and there are thousands of of mopeds or e-bikes, then then it will not fit in the city center. So I would highly recommend and, and and we're also trying to help in making sure that at least the hotspots also have charging locations and dedicated spots um i i the best would be like a, a, a induction charging so like with the, the same what you're doing with your phone oh, okay um, yeah that, that i think in the netherlands doesn't in the netherlands i saw something uh, for e-bikes like it's yeah. on the ground yeah uh, and when you put your e-bike there it charges yeah, it it, it, it already and, and exists, this, right? Or I was maybe I was dreaming. Or... No, no, you you were not dreaming. <laughs> uh, so no, it's already existing. So uh, that solution would not only fit on our e-bike; it would fit on every e-bike and every moped. So then you can really make stations where there is like a central point, 
If you put it there, you get 30% discount on your rental. And the next morning, it's fully charged again, not only for us, but for all shared mobility operators. And exactly. I think then you really see the difference in shared mobility that it gets a position in the infrastructure yeah. where now there's just space for a car. So oh, wow. I hope in the upcoming one to two years, there will be a big, big difference there. And, and we're strongly going to help. Yeah, I mean, uh, the company that is doing that, uh, congrats on, on, on that, because it will make a difference uh, for the whole mobility industry. Um, maybe they will get acquired by Thiers next, <laughs> because, <laughs> because Thiers see. is buying up everybody. <laughs> um, before, uh, because, you know, um, we had a great discussion um, of almost one hour. It was amazing. Uh, before we go... To the end, I want to know the, the plans of go sharing, um, because let's be honest, you you are the biggest on the European continent already. Um, now you are also in Turkey, um, but do you have any plans of you know expanding over the you know the ocean, maybe going to the United States, uh, which is a very different market because they love their big trucks, <laughs> uh, and also the, the road infrastructure there is very different than here. Yeah. Um, and do you also have uh, any plans of going to the United Kingdom? They are very strict when it comes to the regulations there and they'd like to really keep it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough market, I think, when you look at the London, uh, London trials that happens over the summer. So yeah. do you have any other plans besides, you know, um, the continent of Europe, which you are already acquiring? Um, yeah. Yeah, so for sure, I think it's 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 a global a global game. Yeah? So we want to conquer the world. Uh, it's just a question uh, which steps to take to get there. So my my dream would be to start in US. I mean, I I, I would love to do it, but it won't be easy. And if so, <laughs> we really need to be in the next stage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, easier would, for example, be Asia. I mean, we're active in Istanbul. So we, if we go over the bridge, then we at least yeah. have the second continent. So that's a big market, right? Asia. Uh, yeah. So, so that could be uh, interesting. But uh, yeah, of course, we would really like to go to a new continent. But there's still a lot to win in, in Europe where okay. the conditions and the regulations and also allowance is it's much better you can park everywhere there's yeah. uh, regulations uh, people uh, used to drive bikes or mopeds um, so there's still a lot to win in europe but uh, for example uk uh, we look at it weekly monthly yeah. to see what there's possible but it's strict and, and the hardest thing is for mopeds in the uk you need to have a motorcycle drive license Mm -hmm. So it's not just that everyone in UK can use a moped. So it would rather make sense for kick scooters, for bikes. Um, and I mean, London is difficult huh? with all the different regions. And it's it's really hard. And the licenses, the different licenses. I mean, it's it's a, it's, yeah. it's a tough market, right? But maybe uh, if there are any e-moped startups in, in London, you, uh, watch out. You might, you might get acquired. <laughs> um um, okay, so before we, we end uh, this, this discussion, we briefly touched on the subject of e-scooters. Um, you mentioned that you don't have them yet, uh, which means that you are thinking of adding e-scooters as well. Uh, maybe, uh, I guess. Um, when are you thinking of, of adding them? And are you going to add them in specific markets? Um, or is it like an, a, a rollout for uh, all over, I guess, and, and Holland, uh, they are not allowed yet, uh, I guess. No, so in, in the Netherlands is a special country because they're not allowed. I think it's the only country in the world where they're not allowed. Um, and there we have a really strong position because we're active in 39 cities. So, of course, the question is, if it will be allowed, what will we do? But I really think that e-bikes will be the big winner. So I would yeah. strongly uh, push for e-bikes rather than kick scooters. But in the end, it is about density. So and density you can also make with kick scooters. Uh, so the question is, is really, will we do it ourselves or will we partner with maybe a good kick scooter company? And, and both options we're looking into. And I do think that it's an interesting market. Yeah. And I guess... 
um, the reason why you want to add e-scooters as well is because you see maybe that there is demand for the short distance, distances. Um, maybe that's a market that you see that you could still serve um, and add value, right? Or Because e-scooters are also quite, in terms of operational, the operational aspect, of course, is also uh, a bit different than... Um, I mean, it's it's but co it's costly as well, right? So it's an extra cost in terms of operations. Yeah, it's it's also an extra reduction of cost because if you use the same batteries for bikes and kick scooters, ah, of the course. operations is getting yes. cheaper, the density is getting higher, so you, you can do more swaps. So there, there's for both of them uh, something to say. For sure, it's an interesting market, but um, yeah, I, I I think that. E-bikes in the end will be more allowed by municipalities because you activate people on a short uh, short distance. But what we now see in some cities that there are thousands and thousands of kick scooters, and it's just hard to win if you just have a couple hundred mopeds. Exactly, exactly. Um, you, you have. Um, I saw that GoSharing has the Okai um, e-bike, which is a good e-bike. Um, I had the chance to test it, I think, over a year ago when it came out. Uh, great batteries. Uh, but everybody in the market has an Okai e-bike. Uh, so how do you, how do you um, get customer loyalty if you have the same e-bike? So the quality is, is the same, right? Um, I guess the app experience um, is also similar. So, you know, swipe to... To, uh, to unlock or scan the QR code. So it's quite similar uh, for the users, I guess. Um, and also the colors, um, you have, you know, GoSharing, of course, has a, the, the bright green, so that catches the attention. But then you have other uh, green <laughs> green e-bikes that are a bit uh, less bright, and then you have uh, uh, other, other bikes as well. And they are all Okai bikes, right? So how do you uh, get the edge uh, and make sure that there's a customer loyalty that you can get the subscriptions and the, the recurring income. And obviously you offer different modes of transport, right? So that already is a plus to catch, uh, you know, users and really hook them uh, into your app, right? Because you offer more yep. solutions. Uh, but besides that, uh, it's interesting to, to understand uh, for, for the listeners how you, you, you can get that customer loyalty because in mobility... Customer loyalty has been a tough, tough thing <laughs> over the years. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is a good question. And, and it's, of course, one of the most asked questions. Like, how do you make a difference? Um, first of all, I think even if you have, for example, Okai or Ninebot, Segway, there are multiple suppliers, there are still like five to eight items on that vehicle that we change. So the improvements to be made are still a lot. So for example, we have different tires, we have, we have multiple different items on the same vehicle and making it much better to fit on a, uh, uh, in a market. Um, so that's, that's first of all, the product that is delivered is not always the product on the streets. I didn't know, but yeah, in, that's yeah. I, think, I didn't know. But in fact, I do not like that we're all offering the same vehicle. I would much rather have our own vehicle. So uh, let's hope that in the near future, we can improve that as well. But uh, of course, multimodality is, is huge. Uh, I think also being active in every city also makes a difference. So let's say Belgium as an example. So maybe there's one active in Brussels or one in Antwerp. But our vision is that we're going to be active in 20 cities in Belgium. So okay. it doesn't matter where you are in Belgium, always go sharing is there for you. And I think that's also a big difference with the e-bikes, with the mopeds, and hopefully also with the cars. So you can really make sure that hey, I open the go sharing it because it's always available. Yeah. Um, so that will that will for sure be, be important. And a different aspect is um, everyone is saying, I want to be environment friendly. I want to help. I want to, I want to save CO2. And uh, I thought by myself, like, how could we really make it uh, uh, um, uh, visible? How can you really make a difference? So something yeah. that we're now launching is, and, and, and uh, uh, don't get scared, but we're going to plant a million trees this oh, year. Oh, I saw it on, on the website. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's really uh, interesting. So what we want to do is that people really plant their own trees. So if you make 10 rentals on our system, 
we will plant a tree for you. And you get a certificate, you can see where it's planted. So we really want to make sure that you're not keeping your car at home. But if you are actively helping to make a difference, we're also going to show you that you're making the difference. How did you how did you even come up with that idea? Because it's it's so different. Normally, you know, the the the, the apps just have like a CO2 thing in the app, right? It's you just yeah. see it. We also but, have it. But yeah. by, by planting trees, it's something that you can grasp, right? You have the certificate, like that's yeah. something real, you know. That then you actually see that you you make a difference. Yeah. How, how did you even come up with with that idea? Did you you know see it somewhere else or? How do you brainstorm <laughs> uh, about this? Because it's it's something that is not done in our industry, I think. Or maybe I am no. mistaken. I don't know. I don't think yet. So of course, many many companies plant trees, or uh, but it's just once. We did it. We did it last year. We planted three thousand trees, and everyone said, oh. "Yeah, great, uh, um, uh, good that you're planting trees." But everyone that I speak is like, yeah, we want to do something environment friendly. We want to make a difference and we all want to be greener. But if you then really ask people like, what are you then doing? Then, then, then mostly it's, it's like silent. They, they, yeah, sometimes I take the bike or uh, I don't uh, eat meat tonight. So I said, okay. And, and what would be the difference if, if you could help by doing the same you're already doing? just showing you that you make the difference. So I think and making the 10 rentals and to show that you're planting trees, I mean, then it's really getting, you can touch it. Like you can see that you're helping. And where do you plant these trees or how do you even go into the whole process of planting trees? I, I know we, 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 we were almost at the end of the podcast, but now when you, when you, when you came up with this, I, I, I am so interested in this because it's the first time I hear it, right? Like, yeah. where do you plant these trees? <laughs> yeah, so of and who plants these to, trees? <laughs> yeah, you need a lot of space to plant one million trees this year. <laughs> so we've, we found a spot. We, we could choose a lot of projects. So we took, uh, we, we took a look at a lot of projects because I really wanted to have a project where you can, can really see it. So we have pictures. I, I said, if we plant a hundred thousands, uh, tree. I want to go there myself. I want to see the project, making sure the trees are planted. So we're now planting them in Kenya, uh, which is oh. a really nice project where we're planting the trees, but it's also not only one type of tree. So it's really well thought of the project that it's really uh, ecological uh, working. We also uh, offering people to work there. And, and oh, for me, it's just interesting to see that we can help on so many uh, different yeah, so uh, we, we're planting them in Kenya. And, and the cool thing is we will also show the pop-up on our website and in the app how many trees are planted, how many CO2 we spared. Oh. So it really is going to be like a group uh, helping each other. And then, of That's course, really cool. we, we want to do like awards, like the, 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 the customer that uh, planted the most trees and, and there's so much cool stuff to do with. Wow. I mean, you, you just, you, you got me now. I mean, this is the, this is how you create loyalty. Now, now I've, I'm going to download uh, the GoShare. I want to, I want to be part of it now. I want to, I want to plant trees. I want to have my own tree now, yeah. <laughs> like a sm yeah, smooth cool tree. <laughs> uh, wow. I mean, this really caught me off guard because it, it, it's, it's an amazing project that you're doing. It's uh, maybe you should advertise it more because this is something amazing. It's the first time I hear it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Now we're just starting with it. So uh, I really like your reaction. No, um, it really caught me off guard because it was the first time I, I hear that, you know, like a mobility company is not only just doing marketing, but you're yeah. actually, you know, planting trees, you're doing something, you know, something real. I mean, yeah. not yeah, that the others to, uh, are not doing something real, but I mean, you really like uh, doing something that you can grasp. It's, thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah, it was yeah. also, we had the discussion with different companies like, hey, we want to plant trees. Can you help us? And everyone said, yeah, we're perfectly fine. How many you want to plant? We said, yeah, around million, maybe 2 million, uh, 2022. And like, what? Oh, wow. How many? <laughs> like most, most companies do like 3,000 or 10,000 yeah. trees they're planting. And then, uh, so it, it was a nice discussion, but I, I really believe that if you, Want to make a difference, you need to do it yourself. So if we're not doing it ourselves, why should our customers do it? So then doing it together is, is the best we can do. 
Wow, you, you, I mean, gore sharing is really making a, a difference uh, because, you know, trees, they are for decades and whatever, they, they add a great value to the community, right? So you, you are doing, besides offering sustainable mobility, you are actually doing um, a difference uh, for the community. That's, wow, uh, this, this has been a really nice, nice discussion. Thank, thank you very much for willing to come on the podcast. Um, Go sharing it has an amazing team, um, obviously amazing branding, um, amazing, you know, um, the way you guys look at the, the business and so on and how you dif differentiate is, is really uh, unique, I would say. Uh, and I really wish um, the whole team, the whole go sharing uh, team, um, all the best for the future. I know you will do great because uh, I'm sure you already planned uh, five years ahead. Um, so now you're probably just execution, uh, executing uh, the, the, you know, the, the plans that you made to, to be the world leader <laughs> in five years or something, right? So thank you so much for uh, willing to come on the early days of Micromobility. It was an honor to have you, uh, you know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, e-mopeds uh, that also offers <laughs> e-bikes and now also car sharing. That's, uh, Thank you so much. Unique. It was really great. I mean, it was over an hour, but it felt like a couple of minutes. <laughs> so maybe we can do it again. I would love to do like a part two or something, right? Uh, whenever you're in Belgium um, yeah. or, you know, if you plan to acquire any, any bike shares in Belgium, <laughs> then we can talk about that because the, the, the um, strategy that you have and in, in expanding uh, is something that is really also cool that uh, I, I was so happy to discuss it with you because it's something that I hadn't seen before. Um, so that's amazing as well. Thank you so much.